What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Knicks fans, how are you? Um, if you're anything like me, you are um, looking forward to the All-Star break of a few days, dare I say a whole a whole week and, and change away from uh, the trials and tribulations of this team. But I could not go quietly into the good night, so um, I brought aboard my... I'm still not calling you my colleague because I'm not I'm not a member of the beat, but I do get to see you on a semi regular basis now, which is which is nice and fun. Um, Chris Eisman of I North mean I, I that means a lot to me, Chris. Uh, Chris Eisman of NorthJersey.com, um, for, calling in from. Uh, do we want to say or do we want to leave it mysterious and undisclosed? No, you can say. You can say from from not so say. sunny Nashville. Yes. Um, what is yeah, what is cold. the weather? It, it's about forty degrees, which is about thirty degrees warmer than Chicago. So <laughs> this is like a nice tropical vacation compared to people going to the All Star Game. I'm sure Berman is uh, is did, uh, speaking of uh, beat reporters. Did Popper ever get there? Do we know yet, or is he still? Last night, check. It's funny. We were actually at Newark Airport, um, and Steph Steph Bondi was on his flight too, and. We were all at the airport at different terminals, though, but okay. I ended up getting... He was supposed to leave like four hours or three hours earlier than I did, and then we all ended up at the airport at the same time, so it's like, that's not a good sign for him. No. Um, but I think that they actually did get out, I Th- think. That's uh, that's good. Now now All-Star Weekend yeah. can start um, in earnest. Exactly. That, that, exactly. I mean, you, can't, you can't have All-Star Once Weekend. Once Steve lands. Yeah, exactly. Once, once Popper's there, we're all good. Um, yeah, I'm... I mean, we, we talked about it last night. Um, I think it's it's been, you know, two-thirds of the season is done. Um, the team certainly looked drained at the end of that, that game last night. Um, I know me and me and Mark were talking before the game to uh, Judd Bushler. Uh, his, he had some nice plans. He's going down and doing uh, some, sur- or not down, I guess you should say over, and doing some surfing in San Diego. Did you know Judd Bushler was a surfer? I did not know he was a surfer. Um, I did. I knew that he lived out in California, but wow, that's that's pretty nice. Yeah, and it kind of like I, I could, think he was out in California. Yeah, uh, I could I could see it after he said it because like I I could see him. Uh, what what is the expression? Hanging ten? Yeah, the hanging ten. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, so, it makes so, sense. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either. But everybody's ready for a break. I think you, you know. I, I mean, I, you know what? I'm gonna, here's where I'm going to start before before we actually talk about the team. I just. Briefly, because I think, you know, fans sometimes like don't appreciate the fact that and it, I think I'm thinking of this because of um, a beat report. Well, actually, he's not a regular on the beat, but uh, someone who shall remain nameless that was covering the game last night and commented about like 
basically like what the hell do you guys write about every day because there wasn't a wasn't a whole lot of media availability um for the players after the game and whatnot like what has your what has your your year been like as a beat reporter covering this team um it, it's definitely been challenging um and and we talk about it a lot you know at games and stuff uh it's it's been more challenging than it was last year just because I think last year was so much about Zion and about Kevin Durant, Kyrie and free agency. And so last year, it just sort of seemed like a waiting period to get to what could be a really big summer. And so now, and also Fizdale was there and he's always, you know, he, with his personality and, and um, just, he, he never, you know, he never failed to come through with like a good quote. Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of, it wasn't so bad, even though they were 17 and 65. And then, this year, this year was more challenging. Um, just the players aren't, you know, they're not, there's no star really. Um, you know, we you write about RJ Barrett a lot, but even, you know, there's only that, you can only kind of go to that so often. Um, and, but, you know, the, then obviously there was Fizdale's firing and then last week was just kind of crazy. So every once in a while, you know, something will crop up and you'll know what you're going to write about but overall it, it's been you know it's been a challenging season i think for for everybody it, it's weird because like you said you referenced last year and and last year obviously the, the basketball was terrible but it just mm-hmm. i don't know it, it there was and i don't even know that it was uh, i mean i don't get me wrong there, I, mean, I, I literally remember us having the conversation i think i asked you at the end of one of the pods we did, like, what would you rather have Durant or, or Zion? And like, we're, you know, you're shooting the shit about all the possibilities, yeah. but just, there was a sense that they had kind of, um, I don't want to say that there was, they had figured things out, but there was, I don't know. There was a, there was an odd confidence, I think amongst the fan base. And I think it, it's funny. And, and I'm curious what you think about this. I sensed that there was a lot more, um, I don't know what the word is, maybe angst or, um, you know, consternation between the media and the fan base last year because the fans were like, you know, things are finally great. You know, we got these young guys and, yeah. and all that stuff. And then some members of the media, you know, Bondi's probably the he was the, you know, the biggest proponent of this. Um, and looking back, <laughs> he was right about a lot of shit that he said. Um you know, and, and he would he would push back, and there would be a lot of stuff. But this season, it's I don't know. It feels like there's kind of a unified basis that, like, wow, there's there's not a great sense that we know that these guys know what they're doing. You know, I would I would agree with that. You know, last year, I think everybody knew what last year was. It was a tank year. It was like I said, it was a waiting period to get to what could be a big summer, and I think that. You know, when it comes to the fan and the fans in the media last year, I think that media are always going to be a little bit more skeptical. Um, and, and I don't blame fans for getting excited last year. I, you know, that's it, it's been a long time for Knicks fans and Knicks fans really had something to be excited about. And that's, you know, what fans do. They get excited about something. And last year there was something tangible for them to be excited about. Media, it was kind of like, all right, let's just see where this goes. Um, I, I remember it got really tense. You know, it's kind of that back and forth um, after they didn't offer the, uh, and we're going back, you know, kind of far now, but they didn't, when they didn't give the extension to Porzingis. That was the and start then of a it. lot of yeah. us were writing. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of us were writing like, this could be, this could be bad. You know, this could be really, um, 
the beginning of the end of Porzingis' time in New York. And I tweeted something out. And I, people were coming back at me like, you know, you don't really know what you're talking about. And and, but, and, and like two weeks before the trade, I think uh, Steph wrote a story saying like kind of laying out the reasons why Porzingis might not be there long term and all the issues that have come up with not giving him the extension. And people were saying that that's not true. And then two weeks later, uh, they traded Chris Epps. So it, it was definitely an odd year from that standpoint. But I think this year, I think even fans kind of know like, all right, well, the trade didn't go quite how the Knicks planned. And no one really knows. I think everyone is united or unified more this year. Maybe not completely, but more because no one really knows what the future is. We don't know. Fans don't know. Like, I don't know what this year is going to turn into. Um, and, and that's kind of, it, it's just different than last year. No one really knows exactly what the future is short term and long term. I mean, I guess we know that Leon Rose is coming on as president, but beyond that, we really don't know who's going to be coaching, what players are going to be retained, what are they going to do with the cap space, you know, what players are going to be brought back. It's just, there's so much uncertainty. Well, let's let's talk about Rose. Um, I was uh, after you guys, all you slackers, got out of there early last night. I don't want to blow up your spot. But, um, <laughs> we did get out there early. I, I turn around and I'm like, Berman's even leaving? What the hell? He's usually, you know, I, I you take know, it was a combination of early flights and yeah, you know, a lot of pregame stuff happened, so stories were written. So it was, uh, you know, no, it was um, yeah, way to way to take us all down there, though. <laughs> no, it was. It, it, listen, if any, if any, media, if any beat people in the country uh, covering any team deserve deserve to start their vacation, um, it is you guys. Hey guys, quick break to talk about our good, good, good friends at forecastsports.com. Uh, one more time, it's four, F-O-R-E, cashsports.com. So forecastsports.com gives you DFS and betting info insights along with, uh, an innovative MVP race feature. Um, and also, even better, their daily forecast contest. It is really, it's a great website. It gives you a little bit of everything. Primarily, it'll help you get all the analysis that you could possibly want and or need for any DFS uh, daily fantasy sports stuff that you are going to do. They go and get all different research and betting insights from other sites, stuff that would cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars per month if you were to get it yourself. They compile it all together on their site, so it's a one-stop shop for you. Um, and then the Daily Forecast Contest, if you don't happen to win in your DFS games, they have this cool thing where all you have to do is answer some questions about the biggest game of the day, and you could win up to $1,000. Um, this is going to be a great thing for the rest of the NBA season, March Madness, uh, NBA playoffs, you name it. If you want to give it a shot, you can do a free trial, no credit card required. Um, enter code 1DAY, that's the number 1, D-A-Y, and you could literally go on there right now. You could give it a shot for the day, see what their insights are like, play some DFS, see if you win, see if you lose, whatever, and then you could take your uh, free shot at $1,000, and then even better... If you like what you see and you want to use or you want to get a monthly membership, which would normally be eighty nine ninety nine, you can get $25 off that monthly membership for the entire life of your subscription if you enter the code NYX. So one more time, the free trial for one day code is the number one and then D-A-Y. And then the free code or the code for $25 off per month is NYX. And one more time, we are talking about four F-O-R-E cashsports.com.
go check it out. Um, so, but one person who who was there until until I was getting ready to go was uh, was Ian, and I, we were just you know bullshitting, and um, you know he I, I we were talking about Taj and how you know he's he's not a CAA guy, and you know who knows who knows what that means, like how how preferential is it going to be for the guys that are that are CAA, and you know we we kind of brought up this idea of like Leon Rose to me was maybe if not like the Dolan whisperer for all these years, you know, probably one of the prominent ones. So like what happens, and I'm asking your opinion here, or maybe if you have any insight, insight into this would be better. Like what happens when the whisperer becomes the person that is susceptible to getting whispered about, you know? And you know, it's like, I that I think for me as a, you know as someone who roots for this team that's the thing that I'm worried about and I guess that gets back to the idea of like autonomy you know what I mean um right what right. like where do you see this going if you had to guess yeah I mean look I, I think that um I, I think that Leon's been around the Knicks a long time he's been around the garden a long time um like you said it all comes back to is Dolan willing to give full control uh, to his next president. And obviously we've seen cases in the past where he hasn't been willing to completely do that. Um, will this be the time he does, you know, possibly. Um, but when it comes to people being in his ear, obviously now, you know, you have Steve Stout seems to be in his ear, uh, you know, telling him what he thinks needs to be done, what changes need to be made. You know, I, I think that, Leon Rose has such powerful connections around the NBA and has, I think, such an understanding of what needs to be done for this team from, from what I can tell, um, that I think Dolan will obviously be smart to give control. Um, and then obviously Leon will have to bring people in who, or keep people who are already here. You know, we'll see what happens who know how to run a team and build out a front office. But, you know, I think certainly it's that, that dynamic is going to be interesting to watch because not only is this a president who is new, um, in this role, but it's it's just you know it, it's going to be really interesting to see how how Dolan kind of handles this entire thing. Yeah, and uh, you know you said it. It comes back to autonomy, and I guess you know what the the funny thing is. I expected you know when I when I started covering these games, like you you always hear about these you know whether you call them like Dolan whispers, whatever, like these people that that are like ingrained in the you know they're in the fabric, they're in the walls of MSG that that like um are often alluded to as like maybe this, you know, maybe whether it's Donnie Walsh or Phil Jackson, someone, you know, that maybe a person would want to let go from the, the garden payroll and, and they are not allowed to. And I guess I expected to like see these people lurking around and I, I haven't, you know, wh- like, where are these people? Like they do exist. I feel like, right. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think that they do. I, I think that, um, you know, I think that there's probably behind the scenes people, um, we just we know that there are just people that he trusts and he's he's loyal to certain people um and you know they exist these these people who who have his ear they exist uh, i i think probably a lot of them maybe aren't even necessarily a part of the organization directly i mean that's that's just speculation but um you know i i think that they're around yeah i i'll be yeah like you said i'll be curious how it all shakes out um so Rose will take over. Um, presumably when he does, Scott Perry will still have a job. Mike Miller will still have a job. 
Um, if you if you were a betting man, um, would you bet on either Perry or Miller being around in any capacity? Uh, come you know, uh, I guess I was I was gonna say training camp of next year, but like not even that. Like you know, past the end, past the last week of the season, basically. Yeah, I mean, uh, Miller, maybe, um, depending on who the head coach is, you know, it's possible he, he could get a spot on the staff. With Scott, it's harder to say. Um, a lot of times in a situation like this, a new president will come in and, and bring in all of his own people uh, and kind of build his own front office. Um, it, it, it's, it's a unique situation, and and. This might not be a popular opinion, but I'm going to say it anyway. Ooh, I'm 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 excited yeah. already. Although now that I'm saying it's probably going to be pretty popular, but Leon is taking over a pretty good situation. Um, oh, I think that's I think that's has, fine. This, this has financial flexibility, seven draft picks in the next seven first round picks in the next four years, and it when you're taking over a rebuild, a lot of times teams aren't in that good of a position, and a lot of this is courtesy of Scott Perry and his front office. And now it's kind of unfortunate for him and everyone who works for him that they could be out of a job, despite the fact that they are giving the president a really good spot, spot to step, step into. Um, now, whether or not that means enough for Leon Rose to keep them on, I don't know. Like I said, a lot of times he'll want to bring on his own people, but it's just, it's really, really tough to say, you know, what, what he decides to do with that front office. Um, it's, it's, I don't know if he, he'll, find a spot for Perry and, and other people. Do you think um, he would take a lesser advisors? Do you think Perry yeah, would take yeah, a lesser it's spot? It's tough to say. It's tough to say. I mean, it would be, I, I don't think I would to be honest. Like if I was in his sure, shoes, yeah. I don't think I would, I would be like, no, nah, you know, I'm, I'm good. You know, I, <laughs> I'm going to go, you know? Um, yeah. um, but it, it's just because I wouldn't want to be in that type of position, but you never know. I mean, you know, it depends on what the spot is, I guess. It, it depends on what the, uh, the opportunity would be, but, um, yeah, it, it's really, it's hard to say what they're going to do with, with pair. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know. I mean, I, the, the one, it was a small story. Like, I, I don't want to say storyline. It was a small talking point amongst Nick fans, but after Mills was, um, I was going to say, let go. Um, no, nobody's ever let go. It, it's, it's, they're just, they're moved around. Reassigned. Reassigned. The yep, Re- there you moved. go. Um, he, after that, shifted. I felt, <laughs> I felt like shifted. I like <laughs> Move, moved across the hall, moved to a different cubicle. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a little like mini Twitter war among some fans who were, who were like, you know, between those who, who always grouped Mills and Perry together versus people who had like stuck up for Perry and, and were convinced that Mills was the only problem. Like, I don't even know how you'd pretend to go about knowing who was responsible for what over the last two and a half years? Like, would you even be able to wager a guess? It's a very good question. And it's one that I've often asked myself. It's hard to say who was calling what shots. Um, I, I think probably Scott had a lot more to do with like the basketball decisions. Um, but I, it's hard to say. I, I think the reason why people were angry with, with Mills was just because he had been there for so long and he had been kind of, yeah. he became kind of a face of all the losing. Um, so I think that that's why that, that anger was kind of already ingrained and more people were willing to give Scott a chance. I think a lot of ways, like, like we just said earlier that they're in pretty good position. 
and that, you know, Scott is responsible for a lot of that. Um, so whereas, you know, Steve gave Tim Hardaway Jr. a ridiculous contract, he gave Ron Baker, I mean, if you want to bring that up, a ridiculous contract. Yeah, I mean, we could so, bring it up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there, there are just, there are things like that, that, um, you know, I think that kind of brought on more anger toward, uh, toward Steve and Scott, but it's hard to say who was, who was responsible for who. I, I think probably a lot more of the draft, um, scouting and things like that, that was probably more Perry than, than, uh, than Steve. But again, you know, that they're, they were both working together. So Steve had to be there for all of it. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, you know, th- that's the other part about this. And then you kind of alluded to it before the time. Let's, let's talk about the timing of this because like, I, I know you were maybe not, not the biggest fan of the timing of this. And I don't know if you want to say anything on, on that. I mean, you kind of already, said a little bit on it but i the other side of the coin and i'm curious how you feel about this is like the draft is now what is it the end of june so we're in yeah. um yeah, yeah i mean it's so four, four months away right like yeah this is you know this is the the prime scouting season i mean um i'm mm-hmm. sure some opinions have already been formulated within the scouts there but like you know if leon rose like i i guess what i'm saying is in order for to, for the new regime and we knew there was going to be problem. Not, not that we knew for sure, but we assumed that there was a good chance that there would be a new regime for a while, right? In order for them to put their best foot forward, part of me is like, well, you do kind of want them to have as much time as possible. But I get, I guess then if you go by that logic, well, then why weren't Perry and Mills fired? Or, or sorry, I said Perry and Mills. Why wasn't Mills fired? You know, or reassigned two months ago or three months ago? Like, I where do you come down on the timing of this all? And like, do you think that there was a better time that, that it could have been done or does it like not make a difference? Do you think the, the timing was definitely suspect. Just the fact that it came two days before the deadline. Um, and I know that Steve was, was like talking to teams and things like that. So the timing was obviously very strange. Um, you know, I, I think going forward, you're right. I mean, it, it is going to be, the reason why I was kind of critical of the timing was that it just sort of the things that were coming out, like, so Scott Perry in the front office are working on trades and trying to find a deal for Marcus Mars. And while all that's happening, reports are coming out that the Knicks are going to hire Leon Rose as the president, throwing their futures all into question. So I just felt like it's kind of like just a weird, awkward dynamic. Like they're working for a team and they're trying to do their jobs. And all of a sudden they have reports coming out. They're seeing things that a guy is being brought in who could, you know, theoretically fire them all. Um, so that, that's where the timing, I was just like, this doesn't, it's just kind of weird to do to them. But yeah, I mean, these guys are now in the middle of doing a lot of work relating to the draft and, and, um, and even, you know, you could say free agency. I mean, that they're, they're doing sure, a lot yeah. of that, that legwork, that, that legwork now. And if Leon Rose comes in and he's going to have to bring in somebody who I would imagine has been doing a lot of this work, otherwise they're going to be behind the eight ball. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it, that's going to be, it'll be interesting to see how he handles this entire thing and, and, and the timing of this all. That's, you know, it's funny until you just said it, I literally didn't think about it. The, the premium placed on bringing in somebody or multiple somebodies, whatever the case is, that have kind of been at this for a while, which would then, you know, as um, a benefit, because as opposed to bringing in, I'm just, I'm, not saying him specifically, but someone like a, like a Jeff Van Gundy, for instance, right. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or someone like 
he would have to obviously hit the ground running. He has, a, I don't think Jeff England, he's been doing like scouting of, uh, you know, the SEC for the last three months. You know what I mean? I wonder, yeah, I wonder how much that plays into it. Um, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of finding out you may lose your job, um, <laughs> while you're still doing it, um, <laughs> what did you think of the whole, uh, I can't even say it with a straight face, the whole Steve Stout thing. For, I, I don't want to, I, it's like, I, I, that ha- I, and I felt bad because people were coming back at me and they're like, you're making this worse than it is. And I, I had to look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, no. am, am I really? Cause I, I no. you know, I, wh- where, where did Steve you? Steve care of that. <laughs> <laughs> mm. No, Steve, Steve Stout took care of making that look bad. And the whole thing was just bad. I mean, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to go on television and say that stuff and, and to compare yourself to Drake and what he does with the Raptors, it was it just the presentation wasn't good. And um, the entire interview was just ill-advised. I think that's a nice way to put it. That's a very polite <laughs> it, it way was, to put it. Very political. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, it was just bad all the way around. It was a, it was a, a typical, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is like, I was about to say it was like a typical Knicks move. But I don't think that the Knicks even knew that this was going on. We so were talking I, I about this, this last night. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, I, like this was just they kind of got roped into it. But this is also the guy that they hired. I don't know if there's anything that they were like, hey, listen, like don't do any media. Like let's just stay behind the scenes for now. But he apparently either didn't listen or doesn't have that uh, stipulation and is allowed to do what he wants. Although that might change now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just it was it was it was just bad all the way around for him to do that and and. Uh, you know that was certainly was was one of the stranger days of recent memory. It strange is is another good word for it. Um, yeah. All right, we've we've been talking for a while, and we've mostly been dwelling on the negative. I'm I'm trying. I want to try to end this on some positive things. Um, I, you said it. It's not that bad of a situation because there is some stuff here. If you, yeah, I'm going to give you this task. If you had to like sell this job i'm giving you a hard task if you had to sell this job to a gm pretend leon rose didn't, or a, a president pretend leon rose didn't already have the job is there i mean you, you watch this team every day um i don't think there's many people that could say the same is there a player on the roster that you could say honest to goodness has impressed you this year um or maybe the better way to ask it like who has impressed you the most out of everybody that that they've they've had this year that, that's still on the team because Mar- we can't say Marcus Morris. Yeah, well, I was gonna say I was gonna say Marcus. Um, I, I I think Mitch. You know, Mitch is a legitimate um, player for them to to take into the future. I think he still has room to grow. I, I'm not as um, uh, you know. I think people kind of go above and beyond when they talk about him. Sometimes and talk about this like incredible player who's just like doing everything right like he still has you know i think people still equate defense with shot blocking and just because he's a great shot blocker doesn't mean he's a great defender and he still has to learn kind of the nuances of defense but that's not rare for a young player he obviously impacts the game uh we can see that he's been getting better and better lately he's been more aggressive um so i think that he's a legitimate player for them to feel good about i don't think that he's ever going to become this outside shooter i i just uh, he might prove me wrong. I just don't necessarily see it. Um, and that's okay. You know, that's, that's, he can, he can own his game. 
um, and be the type of player that he is now and keep getting better at that. Maybe he does. Maybe eventually he develops it. Um, you know, that could take a couple of years, but just right now, I, I don't think that that's necessarily what everyone should be paying attention to is Blair and become an outside shooter. Just let him grow into what he's doing now. Um, and I, I think, you know, I know that this is, uh, you know, he's a polarizing player a lot of times, but I think Alfred Payton has, I think he's given them a boost, you know, since he's been back healthy. The numbers, um, the know, numbers well speak lately. for themselves. I mean, it's you know, yeah, and he's, played, he's played well lately, and and you look at what he does offensively. But I think defense, he's he's really done some good things. Um, so I think that those two players, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, Alfred's on a on a kind of you know a team friendly contract. I think it would it would benefit the Knicks to bring I, him back next year. I like that deal. I I don't, I don't have an issue with bringing yeah. him back for eight million dollars. No, no, he's 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 done well for them. Um, it would be interesting to know, you know, if they had him all year long. I mean, he can't. We'll never know. But yeah. it, 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 to think about like what the season could have been if he had been healthy, how much better would they have been? Maybe it would have made a difference. Who knows? But um, speaking, you know, I think I, I think Alfred Payton and Mitch have, have impressed me. Speaking of which, um, did you have any thoughts on on Fizdale's comments um, that he? I think his words were he should have cracked the whip harder on some of the young guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I um I, I thought it was interesting. It was kind of the first time that we've heard any sort of um sign of regret or, or maybe second guessing himself um with that. I you know, I, I, I kind of agree that he probably should have. I think that at times he was too lenient and he was too um willing to let mistakes happen and, and I, I think that he should have been tougher in a lot of ways. And you know, he He's a player's coach. We all know that, but I think at times he needed to have a. It's funny because I was going to say a quicker hook, but then like he had too much of a. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> you know, with Frank Nelkina benching him for three straight games, so it's it's it, it was weird. Like some players, he would kind of let slide, and then others he wouldn't. He was very tough on Frank, and then he went through that weird period where he was giving, you know, he said he was giving Kevin Knox tough love, but it just never really seemed consistent with everything. So I, you know, I, I think he probably should have been tougher at times with them. Well, and I want to ask you one thing about RJ before I get you off, but since you just brought it up, the, I think the main story for, I don't know, until some of the rotations change or uh, the minute distribution changes will, will be this whole thing of like playing the kids versus the vets. I, so I, I, I would give the person credit if I remember, if I remembered who it was, but I, I was glancing on Twitter and somebody basically made the point that it's been like, you know, this idea of we have young players here that don't play near like in, in the opinion of a lot of fans, don't play nearly enough. Like this was, you know, Hornis Hornacek didn't play Frank and Dotson a whole lot. Fizz obviously had his issues with those two guys. Um, and now, you know, and then it was Mills and Perry, and now it's just Perry. And all through it, I think there's been this this kind of and you know, say what you want about Frank. I mean, we know what he does well, we know what he doesn't do well. It, but then you look at a guy like Dotson and it's like, I, I don't know to me. And I'm, I'm a, I'm admittedly a big fan of his, but he always seems to at least play hard, play smart. He makes some shots, mm-hmm. the whole thing. I, and then Steph had the story today with uh, Marcus Morris talking to the front office. And that's part of the reason why Dennis Smith Jr. was given a chance. I, you've been around here for two years now. Do you like, 
what do you make of all of this? Like, do I, I always, I, I wish you covered other organizations too, because I would love to ask you, like, how would you compare this to other teams? But you only cover this team, so you can't really do that. It just, something doesn't add up in the way this team goes about how it, um, I don't want to say rewards guys, but like how it goes about making these types of decisions. And I don't pretend that this is all Mike Miller's doing, because as I just said, this is, this has been going on for a while. Where, where do you, where do you fall on yeah. this? Well, I'll say this. I've always believed that players, young players have to play in order to get better and develop. And, it, and we've asked coaches around the league and they've all said the same thing that, you know, and that's really kind of helped formulate my opinion that if you, you know, having guys sit on the bench, that's not going to help them develop. You know, they have to play. That's the best way to learn, learn through their mistakes. At the same time, we have a regime in place right now and a coach who wants to win games. And having a bunch of young kids on the floor make mistakes and struggle is not going to lend itself well to winning games. So he's playing the veteran guys right now because they're, you know, they give the best shot to win. And I said it last night after the game that you look at some of the lines and the guy, the young guys are just, they they have to earn their minutes. And unfortunately for them lately, there, there haven't been many games where they're really like significantly showing that they earn those minutes and that they deserve to play more. And until they do that, and it's a weird catch 22 because they're not going to get better yeah. until, you know, they play, but they're not going to play until they get better in the opportunities <laughs> they do get. So it's very, it's a weird balancing act that Mike Miller has to play, but they're trying to win games. They want to be competitive. And look, I, I think that, you know, Mitchell has been getting more minutes lately. Um, you know, Dot was playing a lot and yeah. he, he got sick and then, you know, Ellington was more in the rotation. So, you know, I, I don't, I can understand like a guy like Reggie Bullock, people are angry about him not playing, but he's on a team friendly deal too. And it's yeah. not an impossibility that he's back next year. So, you know, I, I think that they want to see these kids earn their minutes a little bit more. And they think that making them compete is kind of contributing to their development. Um, so it's, it's, but at the end of the day, it comes down to winning games and they, they're going to play who they think is there's a lot of people fighting for their jobs and they're going to play who they think is going to win games or at least help them give them a better chance to win games. Yeah. Now it's, I mean, can't really say it better than that, which is why, you know, yet another reason why it would be nice to get Leon Rose in here and, and just, you know, I mean, have him either say, you know, you'll be back next year one way or the other, or like, you know, it, it's just, it, the, the, Existing as an NBA franchise in a state of limbo, um, I feel it's like it's, it's not what yeah. you want. It's 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 just not. No. There's conflicting. I don't want to say use the word agendas because I feel like sometimes it has like a negative connotation. But there's conflicting um, motivations, I guess you could say, with what's happening right now. You know, where I think fans want to see the young kids play more, but the people who are making those decisions are trying to win games, and the veterans are there helping them win. So there's just con- kind of conflicting motivations and and desires that this is what the Knicks should be doing right now. And it's, it's, you're right. It's very, very difficult to exist in this period of limbo. Um, I want to, before I let you go, I want to ask you about RJ, um, not on the court. Cause we all, I think we all have a pretty good sense of like what he is, what his areas of struggle are. Um, I'm more curious that, so you've been, you've been in this locker room for, uh, Oh, uh, happy anniversary. Uh, did it just, did it just pass or is it coming up? That's right. Yeah. Uh, two years when? Just has. Yeah, two years. Yeah. I, I think I started really right around the All Star break two years ago. There you go. So, yeah. Right around this time. Look okay. at that. I, I should have gotten you a cake. Um, 
Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll owe you one uh, or a beer. One or the other. Um, yeah, beer. Yeah. Preferable. Uh, you've, you've, obviously, you've heard a lot of players in the locker room. You've, you know, you've come across a lot of guys, uh, on opposing teams too. Um, just the handful of times I've been in there. Um, it, it seems like RJ kind of just has a knack for dealing with all of the, all of the everything that comes along with mm-hmm. being an NBA player. Like, where do you, um, how did, how does he read to you on, you know, in, in that way? Are you, are you particularly impressed or are you like, how do you feel? I am impressed. I, I think that he's handled everything really, really well. Um, especially, you know, early on, right after the draft, first couple of times, it was kind of, you know, you could tell that he was still learning a little bit. Um, I, I think that, you know, he was, he was, I, I think still trying to figure out how to handle everything. Um, but now he's, he's great with us. He's, um, He's great in the locker room. I, he's had to talk about a lot this year. You know, we're seeing <laughs> the head coach get fired and, and last week with, you know, Steve getting fired. Um, so he's had to deal with a lot. It's been, you know, I mean, God, you think back to the first game this year, he was playing point guard, you know, out of nowhere. Oh my God. So there, there's been a I lot. I forgot that happened. Crazy, right. If you think about that now, it's, been, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alonzo Trier started that game too. It's been a crazy few months. Um, <laughs> oh but you know, there's, there's been a lot thrown at him. And he's handled it all really, really well. He's for a rookie, uh, you know, 19, 20 years old. Um, and I think going to Duke had a lot to do with that because he was exposed to so much media and, and attention last year, especially playing alongside Zion. But I'll tell you what, he's handled this situation, you know, I think about as well as, as the Knicks could be open. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I've also noticed he's... Sorry I, to send you down that memory, memory lane. I was, I, you threw me off. I'll be, I, God, I still remember when... <laughs> I think yours was the first tweet that I saw that night saying the starting lineup. And I'm like, is he fucking around? Um, no. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, no, no, I wasn't. No, um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. RJ, I've also noticed his, um, every game that I've been there, his parents are right there. Um, like kind of chilling out on the baseline or on the sideline, I guess, before the game, I guess they're pretty, pretty, um, heavily involved with his, you know, existence here. It seems. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I, you know, I think this, the family connection being in New York, I think that helps probably. Yeah, um, probably nice. Too. Uh, but yeah, they, they've, yeah, they've been, you know, seems like they've been around a lot, which I think is good for him. It's good to have that stability and, you know, that, that, you know, family around them. That's always good for young guys, I think. Yeah. Um, who doesn't, who doesn't love stability? Um, we yeah, should, yeah. we should root for, for the Knicks to, uh, to get some. All right. I, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Um, I probably asked, I'm sure I asked you a version of this question this time last year um fast forward a year from now if you have to wager a guess as to what the hell is going on with this team do you i I won't put that much pressure on you but do you think things will be better than they are right now or is there a do you have a sneaking suspicion that like the the choppy waters are just going to kind of continue i think that things will be uh yeah i think that things will be better you know, I think that Leon Rose will kind of provide some direction and stability. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens with the coaching staff and, and the GM and everything. But I, I think it's, it's, it's hard to say that things could be worse or less stable right now. So um, less stable, I, you know, think, I think is the key. Yeah. 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 So I think that there will be a, 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 an improved stability next season. Let's, let's say it that way. Yeah. That's c- couching it wisely. Um, yeah. 
Well, um, as always, um, this is, I mean, I, when I first interviewed you, I remember I was like, oh my God, I'm interviewing Chris Eisman. And now I'm, I feel like I'm just talking to my buddy. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. Um, thank you for uh, taking time out of your vacation. A well, a well, I'd screw around with you, but seriously, you guys, you know, you, Mark, Popper, I'm well, you're, who's there every single game? It's you, Mark. Is that it? Uh, Me, Mark, Steve Popper. Um, I mean, Steph is there pretty much all the time and and Borkin obviously there all the time. And then Ian Begley, um, He'll make some trips and, and he's at every home game. So, you know, really every guy, every writer there does their, does more than their fair share. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a well-deserved break plenty. for you. Um, but, uh, thank you for coming on. Um, I know yeah, thank you. the fans appreciate a little look behind the curtain. And, uh, of course, speaking of those fans, thank you everybody for listening. Um, if you are not yet at this time, for whatever reason, um, subscribed to NorthJersey.com. um, Please do so. Uh, Chris, I, I say it all the time. I have him on. Chris Eisman's stuff is just the best way to get you like straight news, what you need. And uh, oh, by the way, if you subscribe, you get to read all of their other stuff. It's it's all really good. Um, yeah. yeah, no, you you are not the only writer um, on NorthJersey.com, but it is. It's I am not. You are Thank not. God for that. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but it's really great. Um, and. Uh, if for whatever reason you're not following him, you could follow him on Chris Eisman, I S E M A N, um, on Twitter. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Did I miss anything, Chris? No, I think that's it. I appreciate it. Okay. Hey, listen, you. man, we, we appreciate you. Um, all right, everybody out there, we'll be back with another episode very soon and we will, uh, talk to you then. So-